I'm on already? All right, well, uh, well, welcome. Welcome to our live stream here at Full Life Ministry. My name is Eddie Bang, and I am the pastor here at Full Life. And I just want to welcome all of you, especially if you don't go to our ministry. Thank you for tun tuning into our live stream today, or if you're watching this later on on YouTube or something like that. Thank you for joining us. You know, we're just so thankful that we can meet like this and worship. It's just, ah, uh, it's just wonderful to sing songs like we just did. And I think it's just blessing so many people. And I'm just so glad to hear of all the testimonies of people coming back to church and God using live streams like this and in so many other churches. And it's just a blessing. And so, you know, I just praise God for that. And, you know, when our, when our doors do open up once again, and hopefully when restrictions ease, where churches can come back and worship together, please come and join us down at Chalora Public. We'd love to see you uh, at 2 o'clock at this time. So welcome once again. Um, let's get to our word today. It comes from Matthew chapter 5, verses four to, 14 to 16. And so let's look at the word of God together. Matthew chapter 5 verses 14 to 16. The word of God reads, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your father in heaven. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the things that you are doing all across the globe, God, through all these live streams and through all these church services. We thank you for bringing so many back to come to know you and to worship you, especially through the internet. Father, we know that we're going through difficult times today. We know that, Father, there's such horror that seems to be going on in the world today, that is going on in the world today. And Father, we just trust that you are good. And Lord, it's during times like these that we realize we need you the most. Father, we need you so badly. We need you so badly to be Christians. We need you so badly to just be living in this world today. And Father, we know that this world needs you so badly. So Lord, we pray that you will use this situation and leverage this situation, God, to make your name great. And Father, use us and awaken us, God, so that we as your children can truly be all that you have called us to be so that you might be greater in this world today. We thank you, God. Speak to us during this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, God saved us to impact the world. You know, and he says that he's going to do that through us, through two distinct identities. Last week, we studied Matthew 5, 13, and in that verse, Jesus said that we are to be salt Right? And what he means by that is that through our holiness, we will preserve the world and flavor the world with Jesus Christ. And as long as we remain close to Jesus, we'll remain salty. God saved us to be salt. But in our verse today, uh, in Matthew 14 to 16, it says that Jesus also says that God saved us to be light. That's our second identity. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of light, you know, I think of guys like, you know, Aristotle or Newton or Socrates, people that I think, you know, brought light to the world, people who brought like huge, who made a huge impact in their own fields like, you know, art or science, you know, or philosophy. But once again, you know, we need to remind ourselves that Jesus is not talking to the da Vinci's, you know, of the world when he preaches this, this message but he's just preaching to uneducated people, just simple, ordinary people.
people. And just like I said last week, I love that. Because, you know, when we, you know, a lot of times when we think of making an impact on this world, we think that we have to be like this superhuman, extraordinarily gifted person. You know, sometimes we even hear that we need to be the best in our fields in order to make an impact for Jesus. But it's just not true. Jesus says so right here. We were never called to be superhuman. We were simply called to be light. And it's going to be through our simple ordinary obedience that God's going to use in our lives as light to impact this world for his name. And, you know, the disciples proved exactly that. And so with that said, you know, let's get to our verses today. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. But what does that mean? What does it mean to be light? And what did Jesus exactly mean when he says that we are to be light and to live out light in this world. In order to understand that, we need to understand what light is and how light was used back in Jesus' day. So let's get to that. Now, light, you know, especially if you're in science, you kind of know, but light is very interesting. Um, did you know that no one really knows what light is? It's true. You know, everyone knows what light does, but light is one of those things that nobody can really define or pinned down, you know? If you look it up in Webster's Dictionary, you know, which I did, uh, here's the definition of light in Webster's Dictionary. It says that light is something that makes vision possible. Something, right? That's not a definition, something. You know, what's a rocket? Uh, it's something. What's a virus? It's something. You know, what's light? Oh, it's something. Like, they're all something. Those aren't definitions, which, which tells us that they don't know what light is. So I decided to look at the more uh, definitive one, I looked at Oxford. I also looked at dictionary.com. You know what dictionary.com said? It says, light is something that makes things visible. So, you know, it's obvious. They don't know what light is. If you talk to a scientist, you know, is it a particle? Is it a wave? No, it's both. They don't even know what it is. And so what that tells us very simply today is that Jesus, it's obvious that Jesus is not calling us to what light is, but what he's calling us to is what light does and the role of light in the world. And it's those two things that Jesus wants us to live out, and those are the two points for us today. And here's the first one. God saved us to be seen. The role of light is to be seen, to be visible. He's talking about the visibility of light here. Verse 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, back then, people built cities on top of hills mainly for security. You know, it's hard to attack a city that's on top of a hill. But the downside of being a city on top of a hill is that it's so visible. You know, everybody can see exactly where that city is, even from very, very far away. And people can especially see that city when? During the daytime, nighttime? No, especially at night. You know, when everyone turns on the light of their houses, this city that's on top of this hill begins to glow and becomes this huge beacon of light to everybody in the countryside. No one builds a city on top of a hill to remain hidden. No one builds a city on top of a hill in order to hide it. But they do that, but they build a city on top of a hill for the exact opposite reason. People build cities on top of hills so that they can be Seen. And what that's telling us is that when God saved us, he saves us so that we can be seen, right? He wants our love and our commitment to Christ to be visible and obvious to everybody 
around us. And as a matter of fact, Jesus even says that it is impossible for us to live faithfully as a Christian and to remain hidden in this world as a Christian at the exact same time. Why? Because a city on a hill cannot be hidden. You know, I don't know about you, but as much as I agree with what Jesus is saying there, it makes me a bit uncomfortable. You know, I was raised as a very good Asian boy, you know, and very good Asians are raised very simply, you know, Eddie, shut up, work hard, and excel. And that's all you have to do. You know, put your head down, shut up, work hard, and excel. And that's exactly what, you know, we as Asians try to do. And so, but the thing is, when we get saved, we encounter this grace that is so amazing. And this is what Asians, a lot of Asians do. We encounter this grace that's so amazing. We're so thankful, and we love Christ. And so what, what do we do? We work really hard at our relationship with Jesus. And when we get to church, we, we worship really hard with all the other Asians, right? But public faith, you know, God, good Asians, we don't do stuff like that in public, you know? Asian, that's not good. That's not what a good Asian does. But what Jesus is telling us here is no, you know? He called us to be light. He called us to be seen. He called us to be proud of him in private, at church, and in public, no matter where we are. We are to make the worship of, God, of Christ primary in every arena of our lives. And not only that, but we're supposed to be proud of it. You know, making Christ great is our greatest joy. And he wants the world to see that it is. This is what he's called us to. You know, my cousin is probably one of the greatest Christians that I know. You know, I talk about her a lot. She inspires me all the time. You know, from the moment that she became a Christian and she believed in Jesus, man, all she ever did was live boldly for Christ. You know, she's lived in a few different cities. She's had a few different jobs. But no matter where she's gone, people have come to Christ, and she's just impacted the churches that she's been a part of, and she's actually amazing. One day, I actually got a chance to sit down with her and talk to her about it. And what's cool about her is she says, you know, Eddie, it's not like I go around and tell people that I'm a Christian or I tell people that they should be Christians. I don't. But you want to know something? When you're truly in love with somebody, you just can't help talking about them. Like all those parents who talk about their kids, and no one wants to listen to those stories, but they do because they just love their kids or the, those boyfriends who just got a new girlfriend, and, you know, they're constantly talking about, you know, when you truly love somebody, you just can't help but to talk about them. And for me, I love Jesus, and everywhere I go, I see Jesus, and so I talk to Jesus, and I interact with Jesus, and I can't help it. It just comes out. And when I heard that, I was like, man, that's, that's light. You know, people who are so in love that they can't help it, but it just comes out. It radiates out of you. That is light. You know, some, people, some, some Christians think that being visible, the call to be light and the call to be visible here means like that we should advertise ourselves as Christians or we should advertise our faith or that we should advertise our church. You know, some people listen to messages like this and they think, oh, okay, you know what I'm going to do as a result of this message? I'm going to go out there and tell people that I'm a Christian. You know, I'm going to tell people that I believe in Jesus. But if that's the case, then, you know, I think you kind of missed the whole point of being light and being visible. You know, God's not calling us to advertise our church. God's not calling us to advertise our faith. God's not calling us to advertise that we're Christians. But what he's calling us to is simply to be bold lovers of Christ. You know, people who just love Christ so much that they want to see Christ at their work. They want to see Christ at their schools. They want to see Christ in their families and to everyone that they encounter. And this 
is what God wants this world to see in us. This is what God wants to be visible to this world. And so to be light really is a calling to live out a passionate faith, faith, isn't it? Right? That's what it is to be light. It's a call to make changes in our lives so that Christ can truly become our everything, so that Christ can be seen in every single area of our lives, so that we can talk to him and encounter him in those areas and that people can encounter him as well. And when we do that, you know, I believe not only will we live a bold and public faith, but Every, but our presence in each one of those environments will radiate the light of Christ so powerfully that people will be convinced that we serve a different master in this world. And as a result, we'll come to see Christ and believe in him and follow him as well. That is what light does. Right? And that's what we are called to. So to be light means that God saved us to be seen. And to be seen means to live for Christ boldly. So let's be Christians who love Christ boldly. Secondly, God saved us to shine. Okay, verse 15, 16 says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. In this verse, Jesus is saying that the purpose of light is to illuminate the darkness. You know, and this is something we can all understand. You know, whenever it's dark in our houses, what, we, what do we do? We flip on the light switch, right? And two things happen when we flip on the light. The first thing that happens when we flip on the light switch is that everything that was once in darkness, we can actually see, right? We get to see what was in darkness. And secondly, that which was in the dark also gets to see themselves, okay? I know that sounds weird, but you'll get it in a second. To better explain that, let's look at John 3:19. John 3:19 says this, and this is the judgment the light has come into the world and the people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. What is John saying? John's saying that people in the world right now live in spiritual darkness. Spiritual darkness is evil. It's sin, right? And this is what he's talking about. But when light comes alongside darkness, when we come alongside and, and, and Jesus shines the light of himself through us, when light comes alongside those in darkness, not only do we illuminate the darkness that they're in, but the people who are in darkness will now feel the darkness within themselves. If we truly are light, people should feel their sinfulness. People should feel their evil within themselves when they are around us. You know, during this whole COVID crisis, if I'm very honest, all I've really worked very hard on is to protect myself, and to protect my family from catching the virus. You know, we've done so much. I've done so much to just protect ourselves. You know, don't get me wrong. I call my friends, I call my neighbors, you know, I call my family members and I, and I, and I try to serve them. And I try to do whatever I can to make sure, you know, they're fine too. And I thought I was kind of doing okay. But then, you know, obviously we're on Facebook all the time. I'm, I'm on Facebook and I'm seeing what my friends in America are doing. And you know, if you know America, the pandemic is so much worse in America and when I look at what my friends are doing, they're not doing what I'm doing. 
You know, instead of protecting themselves, they are going out of their way to care for those in need. A lot of my friends, they're making care packages, you know, for the elderly. You know, that's huge. A lot of my friends are like, they're volunteering down at the city, at all the homeless shelters, at soup kitchens, to make sure that the, that the homeless get fed. And, you know, especially during this crisis, a lot of the homeless, they're, they're really starving. And so they're going out of their way to doing that. A lot of my friends are partnering with governments, you know, so to fund initiatives that will help you know, those on the front line or to help, you know, people who are vulnerable in their society and in their community. You know, they're doing all these things knowing that they are putting their lives on the line, knowing that they are risking their families getting the virus doing this. And when I saw those things, I felt really selfish. You know, I felt the evil within myself that didn't want to care about other people who are hurting. I mean, my friends, my family, I'll take care of them. But the people that I don't know who are starving, you know, I felt the evil within myself that didn't want to care for them. And I felt the evil within myself that didn't even want to risk getting the virus to help other people. Their lives shed light on my darkness. But what's cool is that I want it to live those lives. I wanted to be a part of that light. Now, if other Christians who are simply in love and boldly living for Christ can impact another believer like me in such a way that it makes me feel like that about myself, can you imagine the kind of impact that it's going to have on people who are currently, right now, living in complete darkness? This is the impact that God says light has when it shines. And this is why it's so imperative that we actually shine in the world today. You know, verse 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You know, now when I first read this verse, you know, I thought, oh, that that word good right there, your good works, that's got to mean like holy. That's got to mean like righteous. It's got to mean something that refers to God in some way, right? But when I looked in the Greek, it wasn't the word for holy or righteous, but it was something totally different. That word good here in the Greek actually means attractive and beautiful. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that cool? And so this verse is saying, so what is this verse saying? This is verse is saying is that when those who are currently living in darkness collide with these attractive and beautiful deeds that light shines upon them, not only will it make them feel the darkness within themselves, but it will make them attracted to Christ as well. Light convicts people of sin. Light exposes our need for Christ. And light radiates true hope to darkness. Right? And if we want to live faithfully as light, we need to live a life of attractive and beautiful deeds. But Eddie, what exactly is that? What is exactly is attractive and beautiful deeds? What exactly is that? And quite honestly, I really struggled to come up with a definition or you know, some kind of description. But I came across a video on Facebook, which I think is a lot more powerful these days. And, you know, one of my friends who was actually you know, taking part in doing these great things for other people, you know, he, was a, he was part of an interview from his council. And his counsel asked him, why are you guys doing these things? And this is how he responded. He simply said, we believe that this is simply how Jesus would respond to the pandemic if he were in our community. And I thought, wow, that's it. That's 
the definition of attractive and beautiful deeds. It's simply responding in a way that Jesus would to whatever is going on. You know, when you look at the news today or when you read the news or when you watch the news and you hear this horrific story, how would Jesus respond to that? What would he, what would he do? Maybe we can do it as well. You know, maybe when you're at work and you encounter challenges from people at work or difficult people, how would Jesus respond to them? Right? When we're at home and our deadlines and our children are competing equally for our attention, how would Jesus respond to that situation? You know, when schools and hospitals, when governments and small businesses are being pushed to their limits, when people are getting laid off by the thousands, and when people are dying in this world from starvation, unclean water, slavery, and this pandemic, how would Jesus Respond. I'd say there are amazing opportunities for us right now in ways that we can respond attractively and beautifully, wouldn't you say? We just need to get going. We just need to start caring. We just need to start loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. Because this is what light does. And in light of that, please don't miss the crucial nuance in verse 15. Jesus says that God places lamps inside homes so that everyone inside that home can receive the light. What does that mean? It means that God has strategically placed you where he wants you to shine. Do you get that? He has strategically placed you where you can shine the most to the people around you, whether it's at your work or whether it's at, you know, your family, in your suburb, in this country, upon this earth, on this planet. He's strategically placed us so that we can shine to the people around us. You know, there are people right now around you who are so desperate for light. But the problem is they're not seeing it. Why? Because we're too busy hiding underneath our bowls. We can't be like that. God placed us there so that we could respond to them as Jesus would. And when we get busy doing that, people are going to feel their darkness. And some people are going to hate that. Some people will even persecute us because they feel that way about themselves. But others will embrace it. And they'll turn to Christ. And they'll become our brothers and sisters in our family as a result. Right? This is what happens when light shines. And God saved us to shine. So you are the light of the world, right? God saved us to be seen. No closet Christianity, but love God boldly. And God also saved us to shine, convinced that God placed us where we are right now to respond as Jesus would to the challenges around us in attractive and in beautiful ways. God says if you do that, you will impact this world powerfully for Jesus. People will feel their sins, turn to Christ, and become worshipers forever. You are the light of the world. I want to close my message today with, once again, just a simple observation, but a simple observation about moonlight. Okay, moonlight. You guys like moonlight? 
I think moonlight's pretty cool, especially when there's like a huge full moon on the horizon, you know, and it looks just too big to be real. You know, I love that. And a lot of times, you know, moon is pretty cool. It's like, you know, one day it's yellow, another day it's orange. Sometimes it's red. It's kind of scary. It's pretty cool. You know, moonlight's whatever. Anyway, but if you know anything about the moon and moonlight, the light that comes from the moon is not from the moon, right? Moonlight is simply a reflection of the sun's rays. You know, the moon is just reflecting the sun's rays to us. The moon doesn't and cannot generate any light in and of itself. You know, in our passage today, it seems pretty obvious to me that Jesus is not just calling us to be light, but he's commanding us to shine brightly. But the thing is, there's a problem because we're just like the moon. We don't have any capacity in and of ourselves to shine and generate our own light. But the thing is, that's the best news. And I love that. Because what it signals to us, to all of us, is that you know, we don't have to try to be a superhuman. We don't have to try to be anyone else that we're not. We don't have to try to be spectacular in any way. All we need to be is available. And the more we make ourselves available to Jesus, the closer we become to Jesus. And the closer that we get to Christ, the brighter we shine. And that's it. The brighter we're going to reflect him. So our intimacy determines our intensity. So it really is a calling to be close to Christ, isn't it? You know, being salty and being bright really is a call to be passionately close to Jesus. So let's do that. Let's just not shine. Let's shine brightly. Meaning, let's not just be Christians, but let's be passionate lovers of Christ. We are the light of the world. Let's pray. You know, can I just challenge you to two things today? Being close to Christ is what makes us salty. It's what makes us bright. And I believe that God is speaking to many who are watching and listening right now. I think God is calling a lot of people back to him. But he's not calling you to come halfway. He's calling you to come back fully to him. Can I invite you not to resist, but just to go? Right? He loves you. His arms are open wide. His love has never changed for you. Just come and enjoy Christ once again. Run to him and let's live passionately together for our Savior. Secondly, let's live boldly and let's live beautifully for Christ. You know, let's live to love our neighbors just as much as we love our families and ourselves. Let, and let's radiate the beauty of Christ to everyone around us. Let's get out from under our bowls and let's take one step this week that maybe we normally wouldn't to truly love somebody. Respond to those around you as Jesus would. Let's do that together. Let's just not be Christians. Let's be passionate lovers of Christ. And let's salt this earth. And let's shine and radiate his beauty all across it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. Father, we just love you. We thank you.
the God that prays, shine your light through us, Lord, that we would want to live in your light. Father, that we would want to be true reflections of you. So, Lord, convict us of our sin. And, Father, convict us of our selfishness even more, God. And, Lord, even open up our spiritual eyes to see those who are in darkness so that we might go forward and take steps so that they might see you and they might know you, they might praise you and worship you. Become eternal worshipers. Lord, that's who we are. That's who we want to be for your glory. That's who we want to be for you. Father, that's who we want. That's who we want. Lord, may your Father, we pray also. so much, God, that you love us, and your love for us never changes. And Father, just like you saw those disciples, and they were just ordinary people, they hadn't done anything for you, but yet you had such a belief in them to be salt, to be light. You just knew that when you save them, you save them to impact the world, and it's not because it's about them, but you knew the power that you had the moment that they became your children. And Father, we thank you that the moment that you saved us, it's not about us. But it's about who you are and what you want to do through us. And Father, we thank you for that. We thank you, God, that it's not about us. But Lord, we just want to make ourselves available to you because, Lord, we know that you can do the impossible through us if we simply are yours. And so, Father, we give ourselves to you in every single way. We come back to you fully in every single way. And we pray, God, that you take our lives and that you use it to make your name great. Father, make us salty once again. Help us to shine brightly in this world once again. And Father, use us to make you great once again. We just love you, Lord. We thank you, God. We just want to be used so badly by you. So use us, Father, for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.